0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tacovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Western Hunting Up podcast. And I'm back. I was out of town. No, I've been all day. Publishing an episode every other week. Get over it. I have a lot of stuff going on. And uh um sorry. But appreciate you all that are here and listening. Uh had a fishing charter in Rhode Island and just a little husband-wife trip with some friends as well. So that was a great time. Uh, but learned a couple of things that I'm sure this audience wouldn't mind uh, learning from. About things I learned, and so my wife and I had a uh, credit to some crappy little airline out of Minneapolis. So we wanted to, which actually didn't turn out to be so crappy. Um, the Sun Country Airline wasn't that bad, a nice plane, it was fine. Um, didn't like all the mask wearing in the airport, that was something new. I haven't worn a mask in months and months and months. But um, we had a flight credit because the NCAA national championship in Minneapolis wrestling championship uh, was canceled back March 2019, like everything else. So we didn't get to go. And then we just had these flight credits for a little airline. We decided we wanted to go somewhere where we could fish. And that airline went to Alaska. Went to Florida, went to Rhode Island, and a couple other places. And the uh, Alaska Alaska stuff just wasn't working out. We didn't have the time off for it. It was getting really, really expensive, even with a flight credit. So we chose Rhode Island, and kind of doing a little research, come to find out that's one of the best striper fisheries in the world. So it was really, really good. Uh, pretty fun. Uh, the experience I wanted was something that was not a mass-produced or mass bunch of people on a boat party boat. It's what it was, what we've done before. Uh, that's what I did not want. So when I called around looking for a charter, I was looking for somebody that would have a conversation with me, somebody that would teach me. And, um, and told them I was like, I'm a conf- competent individual. I'm an outdoorsman uh i want to be involved with stuff and that was all fine and dandy but i don't think they remembered that phone call so it was not necessarily the experience i got we were on a a six-pack boat and if you don't know what that is you're you got up to six people it was going to be just my wife and i and then we found some friends that could come along so we had four of us on a boat pretty intimate got to know the captain and the first mate and it was it was really fun uh but I think they had such a canned package of this is what we do. We find the stripers, we move to sea bass, and any extra time left over, we go catch a, f- a few blue fish. That was fine, and it was all about getting fish in the boat. And I and I told them, it's like, I want to bring home fish. I really, really want to bring home some fish. Uh, but I also told them, I said, I want to learn and, and have a good time, and that almost trump some of the uh bringing home fish so that part they didn't really pick up on i went with adventure charters out of rhode island uh so if you're just looking for going catching some fish sure go with them but honestly there were some ethical things there that made me question uh, whether i'd go with them again didn't a couple things i really wasn't crazy about but overall good experience um I feel like the next experience of deep sea fishing, it's not even deep sea fishing. It's not even offshore. It's it's just off the coast, 19 miles out along uh, Block Island, outside of Rhode Island. Uh, This time of year, there's tons and tons of boats, but the weather was going to be really bad, and it actually ended up not being too terrible, which not too terrible was 8 to 10 foot swells. So that sucked. That was really, really rough water. Uh, But... The fish were still there, and if you had your sea legs and could walk around the boat just a little bit, um, you were you could handle it. Uh, seasickness, whole another thing. We'll get to that. But the experience I was really get grow- going for, and if anybody's done a bunch of deep sea fishing or fishing charters or whatever, I'd love to chat with you. But the experience I'm looking for is still not this four pack, six pack experience. It's not the, uh, party boat. Um, I want, it It would be more like a guided hunt. It's still a guided hunt would still require you to be in decent shape to hike. It would still require you to, uh, shoot straight, be quiet and have some level of skill. I felt like when someone set the hook on a big bait casting rod with incredible way too much poundage test pound test line whatever uh that it just wasn't there was no challenge to it there was no uh, i i felt like anybody could do it and so that that kind of bothered me i was looking for something where it actually took a little bit of skill and when it came to the Jigging for sea bass, that was fun because it did take just a touch of skill to, um, yeah, I'll get to that. So we were doing stri- stripers first, covering the, the rough water, uh, pulling these umbrella harnesses of these little bait fish wiggling around. Uh, and as we're cruising, suddenly that line is just going and going. So we're, we're hooked up. First mate grabs that, grabs that rod, sets the hook. Puts the rod down in the chair in front of you, and here you are just reeling. Keep the rod tip up and keep reeling, and you pull in a fish. And with that heavy tackle, you barely even—you f- could feel it, and it was really tiring. But you could not feel like the tug of a fish of a nice rod that has a lot of sensitivity. So that really wasn't as fun. striped bass are supposed to be some of those really hard-fighting, fun fish to catch. And I bet they are on a nice spinning rod that uh, has some sensitivity to it. But these rigid, rigid trolling rods just didn't have it. So we, we started that. They were all about getting each one of our fish within the slot. We got four, took like five or six. We had to throw a couple back. Uh, but then we moved on to the sea bass. And that was that was fun. We had these what you would consider a catfish spinning rod going and jigging across the bottom, and those sea bass just bite so fast, so so quick. You kind of have to leave a little bit of uh, extra squid on the hook, so they want to just spit that out, and then come in. Um, come in comes the bigger sea bass, kick off the little ones, and then when you feel a real hit, then you set the hook on it. More so, just like pulling it tight because it's a uh, braided line not needing to really really set the hook so required just a little bit more skill that was fun except for the fact that we were bouncing all over the place in a uh in those eight to ten foot swells pretty tricky to to keep your balance you had to take a break for a minute which was just fine so we caught a bunch of those and then it was on to the the blues kind of that same trolling big rods it was a canned experience fun but i didn't feel like a fisherman i felt like a tourist and so i kind of explained all that but when they're asking me hey have you ever used a spinning rod before it's like come on man yes i've used a spinning rod um i realized i don't fish the ocean but i'm no stranger to fishing i listened to everything they had to say i was trying not to be a dude and not listen uh but I still didn't feel like a fellow fisherman. So if anyone's got any advice out there or a really good experience of uh, maybe a four or six pack somewhere on the coast catching something, uh, I'd I'd be all over that in the future. But this experience, if you're looking for uh, somebody to to hold your hand and just be like a, a party boat where you just are drinking and they give you the rod and say, reel it in, this is for you. So maybe it's just that captain, that first mate. Um, I'm not sure. But one of the good things is we now have some fish in the ro- in our rotation. Some, I think we had 15 pounds of fish or so that we brought home. And I'm thinking this is my game plan, and I, and I thought I'd share this with you, is going on kind of a fun fishing trip over the summer, would fill our freezer to give us maybe into De- December some good fish and then come ice fishing time we can catch some other fish get that in the rotation i'm not gonna do a fishing charter every summer but do something a little bit bigger even if that was just a a lake trip with the family to get a bunch of walleye or northern or something like that in the freezer so definitely want to keep the fish going in my in my freezer rotation uh, because that's been kind of enjoyable and we're looking forward to making some fish tacos with the sea bass uh we caught uh my wife caught a bonita a green bonita. Uh, We tried that as sushi. That was fine, but uh, I think that would have been better with a little soy sauce and some rice, and actually setting it up like you would sushi. Um, we also caught a couple of dogfish, which is funny because everybody says there's uh, there's always some kind of fish like this. Absolute junk. It's absolute junk. You don't eat it, but. I told him I really wanted to keep whatever I wanted to keep something and try it. I was hoping for some kind of shark didn't happen. And I think we caught another little fish that, that I think, and this is where some of the ethical stuff comes in. I think it was so small. He tried cleaning it. He made a mistake. He just chucked stuff overboard. So not a fan of stuff like that. Um, but what do you do about it? You're it's, you're completely a fish out of water in a, a scenario that you're, you do not feel comfortable and you can't do anything on top of that you're seasick <laughs> so that was a thing uh i've i've been a champion shummer for some time and every time i've been on a boat i just don't feel normal took dromamine an hour before didn't work uh didn't take long for for me to feel sick but just fished straight through it and took my little breaks to deal with it First mate give me a couple of tips. He said, next time, take a couple of Dramamine the night before and then take one again an hour before your your charter. So I'm going to try that next go around, see if that makes any better, things better. And he said, if that doesn't work, uh, sorry, that's just the way you are. Someday I'd really like to go chasing tuna or something big offshore, um, or at least halibut and like do some fishing up in, in Alaska. So to, in order to do that, I got to be able to handle it. It's not that it ruined the day, but it just kind of shut me up. I wasn't myself not talking a lot just cause I'm focusing on settling my stomach, looking at the horizon, all that junk. So if you, uh, got any more tips on seasickness, I'd love to hear that. Had a learned a couple of things about tipping for tipping a charter. So the, the standard and one thing I really, really do not like is someone begging for tips and talking about tips the entire time. That's the party your boats get. Someone telling you, don't forget to tip. Don't forget to tip. Well, how about we just enjoy the trip for now and we'll tip when we're done is my thought. So in this charter, they didn't say a thing about the tip. So I appreciated that. Uh, and I even went to the captain and said, hey, I know 20% is the is a standard um so if you're looking for w- what it, the standard tipping rate is it's about 20 percent and then you go up or down based on your experience so i told him was like well 145 bucks is what 20 percent would have been and i said that guy was working all day long cleaning all our fish and all that for a seven hour fishing charter for 145 bucks I felt bad that I was like, I, I can do better than that. So I gave him a little extra and, and they were pretty happy about that. And he was very pleased and, uh, seemed like he, he appreciated that. So 20%, I think is that base for a tip, if you're looking to figure that out. So lessons learned is, I think I have a few more questions that I would ask the charter, uh, or the captain before I booked a charter, Uh, I think I'd be asking more about what kind of experience that is or tell them I'm looking for an experience for an experienced fisherman. I'm not an ocean fisherman, but I want an experience that uh, is not hand-holding. I don't want to be a tourist. So I'm going to look for that next time, see what I can find. Next thing I learned, I did a lot of stressing out and research and figuring out how to ship my fish. So we had a... Game plan. The captain said about 10 pounds of fish, but I thought that's not very much. I'm going to talk him into getting more. So I think we had about 15, maybe even 20 a piece. Um, filled the entire Yeti hopper, a 30 quart one. Uh, but my plan was when we got there, go to Walmart, go to a store. I never even saw Walmart, so I don't even know what one's there. But get a cheap Coleman cooler, a bunch of duct tape, like my buddy told me to do, and some gel ice packs. That was game plan. But luckily, my wife had our big suitcase planned. I was able to squeeze our Yeti hopper in there, the soft-sided cooler, right in the, the suitcase. Gave me half a pound to go to get to the 50 pounds, so I was good to go on the way there. So I had a Yeti hopper. When I got there, that was a great cooler to have a long vacation to take to the beach and whatever else so that worked out good but then we took that onto the boat had our food and when the captain or the first mate was done cleaning the fish we threw it right in there with some ice uh got it to shore and got more ice on it immediately bagged it up the only thing i we didn't get that vacuum sealed or any which thing which would have been a little nicer but i don't think many charters or if anybody really does that sort of thing. So we were able to get it as much air out of Ziploc bags as possible. I knew I didn't want to freeze it that way at all. Uh, But we, we had a Airbnb do that, all that fish right in separate bags, So it was in the uh, kind of the portions we were wanting, divided it up, put it in some Ziploc bags, got the air out, froze it. So that was frozen solid. Uh, the day before we left, I grabbed a couple of gel packs from an Ace Hardware. Uh, they ended up not even really using any because didn't have room for them. But threw a, all the fish, it was all frozen, into a primed Yeti hopper. Meaning the whole night before I had ice in there, getting it nice and cold. So when the fish got th- thrown in there, it wasn't taking all that heat away from the the or taking all that well it is heat uh, but taking energy to heat or cool that that cooler down so having that that fish thrown right in there frozen uh packed all nice and tight and then i only had room for one ice block in there the only issue with having that frozen is all jagged edges didn't fit as well so we had to kind of figure things out next thing i would time i would probably take a little bit more time to pack my fish and maybe a little bit better shape so it would freeze nicely so take that little tip use that so we filled that up got it zip tight uh right at 47 pounds i think it was so we were good to go uh no i took the ice another ice pack out and i was only at like uh 35 30 somewhere in there so yeah we had mm, 20 30 30 pounds of fish or so between the two of us that worked out and i know i looked up the carry-on weight for the airline and it was 35 which i was over but they never checked the weight of that so all i did was pre-check in saying hey i had a uh carry-on and they didn't ever see the size of it I was carrying it. I kind of just hit it between me and and uh it, it was the same size as any carry-on people have giant carry-ons so I wasn't worried about it. So I carried that onto the plane. They never waited or anything even though it was over the carry-on weight. So that worked out really well. I left packed that up at ooh, maybe eight o'clock or so in the morning. We had a flight and a connecting flight and then a six-hour drive home. Mind you, this is all in the summer, so uh, there's a little bit of time outside. It's not cold out. Uh, all of that time, got home, and it's still frozen. So you guys know, fish fish thaws out pretty quick. Uh, so I felt, man, that gave me some confidence. I could I could ship meat of of any sort now uh, for quite some time. So we got, didn't get home till eleven o'clock midnight. So for um, yeah, with the time change, we'll just say 12 hours of traveling in there. Uh, no, maybe more six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 hours or so. 15 hours of traveling is what that ended up being all that time that stayed frozen the only thing that was starting to happen is you know how that bag was uh the bag wasn't stuck to the fish anymore but the fish was still frozen So then that was almost perfect he pulled it out put it right into a uh vacuum seal bag vacuum sealed it threw it in the freezer labeled it and now i've got vacuum sealed fish that stayed frozen that whole time uh and it was a successful trip home so if you're looking to ship some meat uh, fish was the, something i had the biggest concern the other things i looked at was mailing it nervous about that because i was out of sight and checking it checking it uh, you really really got to make sure that that thing is not going to leak because if it leaks they're going to throw it out so uh that was our fishing experience it was a good time good a good getaway before uh hunting season kind of ramps up but what i've noticed is uh the, uh, it's almost too late to prep for some season stuff. If you haven't already a bow equipment, everything is backed up. Uh, I've got a new string on the way cause I had a string malfunction and it's backed up, of course, even worse than last year. So it, get, make sure you get your orders in. I need to order some wilderness athlete. My arrows have been ordered for four months, three months, somewhere in there still waiting on them. They've been back ordered. Um, Camo. I'm not even worried about that. I've got what I need: clothing, gear, and there is no time for break-in periods if you're getting a pair of boots, so because they're going to probably take some while to get in. But I, I did a fun little webinar for work, so check out South Dakota Game Fish and Parks Education on YouTube, and I did a little. It'll be on there in a couple by the end of. Well, uh, since you're listening to this probably about the 14th of August is probably when that's going to hit. So check that out Had a really good, uh, chunk of information there just to help with preparing for elk season. And I know it's all about South Dakota, but there's plenty of carry over to multiple other States. Pretty too good. Comprehensive two hour session of elk hunting period. Uh, so that was pretty good. Check that out. Uh, we've got a little season, hunting season getting revamped um fortunately my dad can't make it this year to uh colorado with me and think i'm still gonna go so i'm gonna go colorado by myself i am gonna pick up a tag um probably gonna uh just hook up with some some buddies there and dad's gonna go antelope archery antelope hunting here in south dakota instead So we've got a couple things revamped there. i got to get in the mindset of preparing now for for Colorado and all that that entails. Shooting, physical prep, uh, gear prep, all that. And if you're looking for some good preparation videos, uh, all last year about this time in the summer. I had some really good stuff there. I don't want to redo what I've already done because last year was a good year. I was in shape. I was in really good shape. So, uh, maybe was just COVID. It was COVID. I had time. We all had some time to better ourselves and not just sit at home, do nothing. Uh, so that was a, not a bad year. <laughs> I guess I'm the only one to say that minus all the other crap that happened. Um, uh, so just getting a few good things done, uh, in that year. And so there was a a bunch of good episodes about this time, um, preparing for your hunts. Anyway, we'll, uh, still trying to get, I will try and get our traditional stuff going. Uh, Brady Ellison was supposed to be, um, on here with me, but he, uh, is too busy winning Olympic Olympic medals. I don't know what his problem is. So good for him though. Um, We'll get a hold of him. Hopefully he doesn't win too many because otherwise we'll not be able to get a hold of him at all. So that'll be fun. Hopefully we can chat with him. And then Dogbone Hunter is going to be one of those next ones as well. So I'll reach out, get those episodes recorded, and get back on the ball. Appreciate you guys listening. Take care.